Welcome, everyone, to the Kathy Lee Parker Show, the number one place for enlightened and entertaining guests, positive vibes, and information that is spot on. And now, for your listening pleasure, your host, Kathy Lee Parker. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, my guest today, she's amazing. I mean, come on, if anybody can do math like she does, uh, she can solve the problems, help you with any way um, you can with math. I mean, there's always somebody in the family who has an issue with math, doing math. And she's a, she has a business here in uh, Utah. It's called Math Beast Tutoring. And she also does online as well. She does a Zooming classes as well. I'd like to introduce you to Sabrina Nelson. How Hi, are Kathy. you, Sabrina? Hello. How are you? <laughs> okay. I, you know, math is, there's, I mean, I'm, I've always been okay with math, but there's always somebody in the family who has an issue with it. Mm-hmm. And why is math so difficult? Why? You know, that's a great question. And honestly, I feel like math has its connotation that it's scary. And they, I think that students pick it up as a very, at a very young age. Um, but also, a lot of our math teachers, you know, they're, they're mathematicians. And they teach math because they like math. And they've always been good at math, which is why they like it, which is why they now teach it. Um, but for the rest of us that don't think in the way the traditional mathematician thinks, um, it can be very difficult to understand, even from, you know, really good teachers. Um, so I really think that as teachers, we have to figure out different ways to teach students in a way that they understand and in a way that makes them feel confident in their own um, thinking, in their own um ability to just learn new things and hard things. You mean, too, also, too, and understanding that. My, um, forgive me, my brother had an issue with math. He was good at mm. everything else, but it was just, could not grasp certain things when it came to, like, algebra, harder algebra, not the simple stuff, but, you know, when mm-hmm. it went further up. And in my time, my generation, we didn't have tutors like they have today. Mm. And you can get the help, so you can pass your test, and um, there's even people out there, too, trying to get into the military, to college, take that SAA test, SAT. Yeah, the SAT or the ACT. I think in the state yeah. of Utah, you can take either one um, mm-hmm. and use that result to help you get into your, your choice college. Mm-hmm. And math seems to be the issue with a lot mm-hmm. of um, people I know out there. And... Uh, um, people with dyslexia, do they have problems with math or is it just their reading? Um, yes, there are, so there are different kinds of dyslexia and not, and this is just from my own personal experience. Um, mm-hmm. but there's the dyslexia where they will swap kind of letters or see them backwards or confuse one letter with another. Um, and they, it's also with numbers in the same in the same way. A lot of students will confuse their twos and their sixes because um, mm-hmm. if you look at those numbers, they're similar, just like they would confuse the B and the D. 
Um, you see that, but then there's also a dysgraphia, which is where not only are they confusing some of the numbers, but the they're also confusing the orientation of said number or said character, um, which is which is really really just a, a challenging situation for for a student who has that. Um, but yeah, it it will affect the mathematics in the same way that it does the reading. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's very frustrating um, for students that way who are just trying to learn. They want to learn, but they're just not seeing things the same as the way their teacher is teaching them. Um, and there are different things that I've read. Um, I've actually read that you can put like a blue tinted film over whatever the student is working on, and it kind of helps calm down the numbers from moving and jumping around on the page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been told there's um, like about seven levels of dyslexia, and uh, um, you know, and I, uh, that's interesting to know that some of them have problems with math. I noticed that uh, when someone um, gives me their phone number or street address with numbers, sometimes mm-hmm. their sixes and their twos look different. And I'm like looking at that. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now you got me thinking. Hmm. You know, maybe they have a form of dyslexia and do yeah, so well in the I, workforce. I really do believe. I believe it's 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 kind of it's a scale. It's, it's a spectrum, um, and there's you know there's a good chance that even the rest of us that don't feel like we have or or, or on that spectrum can have a little you know little uh, challenges mm-hmm. that and are that are similar to that. Were you always good at math, Sabrina? Oh man, no, I was not. In elementary school, math for me was the worst. It took me forever to finish assignments. And then after I would finally finish it, about 40% of my answers were wrong and given back to me. And um, I think a big portion of that was I didn't feel the need to learn it because it was just basic arithmetic addition, mm-hmm. subtraction, multiplication, and division, and I had a little machine that could do all that for me, so I didn't quite understand why I had to do it myself by hand. So it was always just a big fight for me to buckle down and, and get my work done. So I didn't actually start enjoying it and putting effort forth to learn it until about ninth grade, high school. Did you learn more... Um, with the calculator and other things to grasp math, or did you do the longhand? Um, yeah, well, I I was forced to learn the longhand because <laughs> um, I, you know, in a in a traditional school where we sat down and we had twenty twenty problems that we had to do by hand, no calculators. So I did learn that way, um, but I found that once I was given a calculator to do some of the kind of what I like to call grunt work, which is that basic arithmetic, um, I learned that the calculator can only do what I tell it to do. And Mm -hmm. as I'm getting into more complex problems and problem solving, um, I have to know what to ask the calculator to do for me. And so that really kind of was one of the turning points for me was I I, I have to learn this because the calculator can only do so much. Even the super fancy ones, you gotta, you still gotta know what buttons to push and what to ask the calculator to do in order to get the favorable result. Mm-hmm. 
do you ever help um, those who do mortgages and real estate with their calculator? Because uh, I was going <laughs> to get into that years ago, and I got this calculator and thing. I looked at it like, does not look like the regular calculator. It looks very oh. complicated. <laughs> you know, you know, I haven't. I've I've not really dealt with any kind of mortgage rates. Although I will say, um, a few years back, my husband and I were trying to stay in a one of those lower income apartment complexes, and from what it looked like, it looked like we were making too much money um, in order to stay in the apartment. But I was able to actually figure out the exact formula that they were using to, you know, come to that bottom line number. And, um, all, you know, just all of myself with a notebook and pencil and, of course, my calculator. And uh, I, I was pretty proud of that moment. I was able to figure it out. <laughs> Where did you come up with the name Math Beast Tutoring? Oh, so math, of course, because I only do math tutoring so that people know what I do. Um, but that word beast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I so I chose that word because in you know when when I was growing up, kind of my late college days, early adulthood days, um, a lot of people started throwing out that word beast, and it, and it was kind of just as a just a, a scrappy, strong, just a son of a gun who is just gonna excel and figure out a way to make it work, and mm-hmm. they're just determined, dedicated, resilient. And, and fearless. And, uh, you know, that that was something that always just kind of stood out to me. I loved it when I did something and, and people were like, oh, man, that was so beast, right? That was so awesome. That was amazing. You know, that was that was just so beast. <laughs> and um, and I, I wanted that, that kind of attitude and that kind of fearlessness to kind of play into the way I teach math and the way my students in turn start to feel about math. You know, a beast can do anything. <laughs> a beast doesn't have to be afraid of this crazy-looking math problem or this word that's... Uh, it's eye-catching. <laughs> you have it done up really cute. It's eye-catching. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> when somebody meets you, you're so sweet and kind, and, you know. But anyway, and uh, um, the students, when I met you, at your, you know, school, and you called me mm-hmm. to come out, you were doing some younger children. Do you do any adults? I do. I um, I love working with adults. Um, I'm actually partnered with the Utah Community Action um, up in Salt Lake, and I work with a lot of their adults that are preparing to pass their GED test. Okay. And I, I kind of have like a little three-course, you know, we they come out and they meet with me three times. And I basically just take them through all of the concepts and topics that are covered in their GED test. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's great about adults is uh, they can work for longer. They laugh at more of my jokes. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of the words that are used in 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 some of the math instructions, well, as, as an adult, you, you, your vocabulary is a little bit larger sometimes. They mm-hmm. understand a little bit better just because they they know what that word means. Mm-hmm. Um, so adults adults are great. <laughs> Take it for example. You ever see scientists? You know, scientists have to know math. 
I mean, mm-hmm. they're all over that board when it, you know, the uh, chalkboard and, uh, you know, they're writing out their formula or trying to figure out, you know, the eclipse of the earth or something like that. But, in, you know, it's all done by mathematics, uh, math. Mathematics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 the science. Pretty much everything, science, chemist, being a nurse, um, doctor, uh, engineers, definitely engineers. Oh, yeah, definitely. Have to know math. Yeah. And, uh, and I know people say, oh, you don't need this, you don't need this. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> you, <laughs> you do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, and... Do you do any, like, brush-up course for adults? You know, adults that need, you know, like um, they're going back to college or they're doing something and they got a math class. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to do this math class. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. Uh, for, for the adults that are already enrolled in a certain math class, um, like I I uh, just spoke to a student the other day who's getting ready to um, enroll in, like, a funeral school where he'll learn how to become a funeral manager of like a funeral home and there's a math class that he's got to take and um you know he's gonna you know, possibly come in and meet with me and i'll be able to help him through his uh, his class so so when an adult is enrolled in whatever kind of class i'll just come alongside and make sure they're feeling good about what they're doing in their class mm-hmm. um, but for the ones who aren't enrolled in a class so they're like getting ready to go in but haven't started yet I do have like a three a three session refresher course. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of based loosely off of my my GED curriculum, um, but it, it kind of it kind of goes a little bit more in depth into some of the Common Core. You know, I get a lot of moms. I don't know how to help my kid because this, this math is different. This is not the math that I learned. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like. That. Yeah, I like to include in my refresher course, you know, a little a little bit of that and some explanation. Okay, right, this is the thinking behind the way they're teaching it now. Here's how this is working, um, and here's how it compares to what you know, and here's how you can use what you know to go back and kind of check and, and help your student along with, with what they're doing as well. Um, so I've actually, I've had a lot of fun with that refresher course. Um, Sabrina, do you ever go to any seminars on math? You know, do you go to any seminars to keep up with anything that may be changing out there? Um, You know, I always have my eyes open for, like, curriculum conventions. Um, I work with a lot of homeschoolers, and one of the main questions I get from homeschoolers is, what curriculum should I use? And while I have, you know, a handful of my favorites, I know that there are so many out there and it's always changing, but luckily the actual mathematics um, doesn't change that much. It's really more in just the way and the order that it's being taught. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I myself, I'm enrolled as a student in in Khan Academy where I like to go in and make sure that I'm keeping keeping my skills sharp, especially for some of the levels that I don't get to teach often. you know, levels like calculus and statistics and things like that. I don't, I don't very often get students in that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, use it or lose it. So I use Khan Academy to help me keep my skills sharp in those other areas. Wonderful, that's good. 
Well, Sabrina, hold on tight. We're going to go into a commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Heading Home Horse Rescue Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that rescues both wild and domestic horses and other equine that are either unwanted, neglected, abused, or their humans move. Heading Home helps rehabilitate them to be used in equine therapy to help those in need. We could use your support. You can contact us at 801-910-2698. Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family-owned business based out of Utah. We specialize in replacing worn or storm-damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy-efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-1234. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn in Lehigh, Utah, where you'll find an open, inviting atmosphere from your first hello to the next. Our goal is to make your stay better and brighter. We are as excited as you to welcome back travel, even if it looks a little different these days. That's why we've partnered with the makers of Lysol to help deliver an even cleaner stay for our guests with the creation of the Hilton Clean Stay Program. Our promise to you is to deliver the same level of reliable and friendly service you'd expect with leading hygiene practices to keep you safe. Come stay with us at the Hilton Garden Inn in Lehigh, Utah. See you soon. I'm back here with Sabrina Nelson. She is the Matt Beast Tutoring. How are you doing, Sabrina? We're back. Doing good. And, uh, Having so much fun. <laughs> I know. Speaking about your style, teaching style, tell me about that. Just You know, right. you do some really fun stuff, especially with the younger generation. Do you, I'm sure you may do something for the older generation, but um, <laughs> for the young ones. I do. So for, for the young ones, I love incorporating games and warm-up activities and I incorporate them at a level that my students are going to be good at. Often a lot of my games that I play, even the ones with the older students, are just addition and we roll the dice and keep adding numbers or sometimes we add a little subtraction in there and you know I like to teach a little bit little tricks of how to do things quickly in their heads while it's not as important of a skill really in in the grand scheme of things to be able to add things in your head it's a great party trick um and it's a great confidence booster when students are able to do that in their heads they get super excited um i also like to do a lot of like hands-on activities um especially with the younger kids they're very kinetic learners which means they need to touch things they need to move things around they need to move their bodies around and so i like to incorporate those kinds of activities with all sorts of manipulatives that I like to use, counters, animals, um, spinners and tally marks and things like that. Um, but I also, one of, one thing that's unique about me is I learned how to write upside down because oh, yeah. while, yeah, so, and you know what's funny is some people notice it and they're like oh my gosh you're writing upside down that's crazy and then some people don't notice it all it's 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 interesting to see um but the reason is because a lot of mathematics and especially with the older students who are getting into algebra 
there's a process involved, and you do this, and then you do this, and then you do this. And so I like to write upside down. That way, it's right in front of them. They're looking at it exactly, you know, how, how it should be, and they're watching me do it as I'm writing upside down um, because math can be kinetic, but it's also very visual. And the majority of students are either visual or kinetic as their strongest learning style. And so for the visual learners, a lot of times, even me speaking in explanation of the problem that we're doing can be distracting. And so as I'm writing it upside down in front of them, they're able to see. And sometimes I'll just go through an entire problem from start to finish without making a single sound or saying a single word. Um, and then I invite students to ask questions or even just point to a spot where they're feeling fuzzy on, on what happened, like, wait, what happened there? And they're just pointing to it. And then I'm able to, you know, address it sometimes just with another picture. What is something, Sabrina, what is the, something surprising that you find yourself teaching in a session? Oh, um, you know, the most surprising was words, like vocabulary words. And, like you know, like I mentioned before, adults have a wider vocabulary, and so they're able to understand a little bit better what they're being asked to do. Um, but students, because math, the words in math are based from Latin, and English is not a Latin-based language. So a lot of English speakers have a hard time understanding what words like you know, perimeter, equivalent, congruent, <laughs> you know, words like those where they're like, well, I don't, I don't even know what that word means. How am I supposed to remember what to do in addition to remembering what this word means? Um, so I, I am often a vocabulary teacher. And so I have all my students keep a little bit of a notebook, like a vocab notebook, where it's like, mm -hmm. all right, not only is this a new concept, but here's a new word for you. Here's what this word means. Um, and a lot of times, as soon as they realize what the word means, they know what to do in, the, wow. in the, math, the math part of it. How young do you get your students? How young? What's the youngest? Um, you know, I have taken as young as kindergarten, um, but I prefer, you know, kind of third or fourth grade and above. Um, the kindergartner was kind of grandfathered in. I started working with her older sister. And the kindergartner just couldn't handle her older sister getting to work with me and not her. <laughs> so, so I took the kindergartner, and she's she's so sweet. She's actually in second grade now, um, but but years ago when I took her on, she was in kindergarten. And you have a lot of repeat clients. I noticed. I, I what, what was that? And you have a lot of repeats, and. Uh, I think it's good, when, especially when the semester starts and, you know, they do they ever bring their homework, what they're learning at school, to oh, yeah. that? I don't understand yeah, that. What's the teacher trying to say? And I, I love it when students bring their homework in because um, that gives me a little peek into how their teacher is teaching and how their curriculum style looks. Um, but also it helps me help the students feel like they're having just instant, immediate success. Um, a lot of times when you join in, you start working with in, you know, with a tutor, if the tutor doesn't know what you're doing in school, then they can absolutely, they could teach you all the math 
that they want, and you can be having success with your tutor. Um, but you often don't get that translation into what you're doing in school for a few months sometimes. Um, but when students bring their homework, then that's that's much quicker success. And so I like to follow the, the flow of the curriculum as they're doing in school, and I'll occasionally throw back to things they might be missing, concepts from previous years that they may be a little bit fuzzy on. Um, and often, um, I've been doing this long enough, that often I'm able to kind of take a guess as to what they'll learn next, and I'll give them a little bit of a preview of what I expect that they'll be learning next. Mm -hmm. What makes you different than the other bigger learning centers out there? Wow. Um, so the traditional learning centers, they operate on kind of a diagnostic and prescriptive and then retest. And what that means is they get a student in and they give them a test. Sometimes, you know, it's up to six or seven pages of, of math problems. And then based off of the ones that they got wrong in that test, they'll assign some worksheets that have to do with exactly the problems that they um, got incorrect on their test. And they'll teach, 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 they'll give them all these worksheets. And then once they've completed all the worksheets, they retest. And then, and then the students will work with, you know, an, an instructor. Um, but oftentimes with that is students end up with a lot of worksheets on material that they already know how. They just happen to get it wrong on the test because, you know, of other factors. They're in a new, they're in a new place. They've been handed this seven pages worth of math, and they were told wow. it was a test. And so there's all those factors that can play into whether or not the student is going to get this math problem correct or incorrect. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I don't do that. I mean, I I will diagnose, but I, dose, I diagnose in a much calmer, less threatening, less anxiety-driving kind of way. Um, in a way that I'll put problems on a board and I keep it to like five or six problems, just whatever mm -hmm. I can fit on a little whiteboard. I'll put it in front of them and then as they are working through them, I'll let them know, okay, this is just so I can see there's going to be problems on here that you know how to do, but there's also going to be problems that you've never seen before. And I, I'm doing that on purpose. And then as they work through, I'm watching for whether or not they even attempt a problem, of course, the ones they attempt, how they attempt it. And that is giving me just little glimpses of their attitude, their willingness to learn, um, their, their, their curriculum and what they do know, um, as well as kind of their learning style. You know, do they change my addition problem from being side by side to one on top of another? Um, do they write a whole lot? Do they write hardly at all? Do they use their fingers? Do they try to hide that they're using their fingers? <laughs> and, and and things like that. And then as we as we work through, if I see that they understand something that they, you know, maybe missed on my little five-question assessment that I give them, we don't spend too long on it. They don't get worksheets and worksheets of, of material. They get two or three problems, and once they've shown me they can do it, um, we move on, and then they're not being bogged down by all this extra work. Plus, I'm not split. I'm not splitting my time with 
this student and three other students at different levels. I, it, it's one-on-one. There's no distraction. Right now, especially because of coronavirus, we're by appointment only. And uh, so it's just them and me and a bunch of whiteboards and mm-hmm. a bunch of other fun math stuff that we work on. And everything yeah. is all about them. I noticed that you do some Zooming as well. Does that work too? I do some some what? What was that? Zoom. Like you Zoom? Yes. Yes, I do. I do some. I do virtual sessions as well. I, I started that because of because of the coronavirus. Um, it was a, it was definitely a learning process, but it's it's very similar. Our sessions in person versus our virtual. The only difference is when my students are virtual, we don't get to play as many fun games <laughs> as we can when they're in person. Right. Yeah, and so you stick with just learning the math. But um, I think the fun games were fun because, like you said earlier in the show, that you can remember the problem, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to them, and especially being a young student. And, uh, yeah, you had some young ones in there, and... Um, so what is your favorite mathematical, what's your favorite math problem that you like to work on? What is something that <laughs> intrigues you with numbers? Um, so I love working with students who are learning Algebra 2. And that that is where we really start getting into just really deep explanations. And there are actually a lot of real-world applications that come along with the study of Algebra 2 and and you, you get that, oh, really? Like, that's what that's what that's for? You know, things like you throw a ball up in the air and it's going to kind of curve a little and come back down. Um, that, that's a mathematical principle. And as we do that and, you know, we throw a ball in the air and watch it happen and then do all the calculations involved with it, I really see a lot of, so that's what that's for. Oh, man. Ha. Huh. And that's always super fun for me. That is amazing. And uh, so, and you have your favorite style. And what grades do you like to work with the most? I mean, mm. well, that's kind of like putting me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it, there's it, quite it, a few grades, but what is your favorite the most? Yeah, um, of course. You know, it's kind of it's kind of similar to what level, um, but the grades I like are actually grades seven, eight, and nine. They are so fun, um, and especially because their curriculum typically is they're getting ready to learn algebra. They're getting ready to just kind of dive in, and that's where I get to kind of put the final touches on their arithmetic learning and lay a bit of extra foundation for their algebra. And wow. plus that age, plus that age group is super fun because they're kind of blooming into teenagers, but they're not quite teenagers. Um, so they don't, you know, they don't require too much extra games, but they still really, really love the games. Um, they, and they laugh at my jokes more too. <laughs> well, I, you have a, you know, school and where is your school at again? Um, in in Bluff. In, in Bluffdale for my in-person sessions, I, I um, in recently... Bluffdale, Utah? Yes, Bluffdale, Utah. Yeah, okay. it's, it's the southernmost town of Salt Lake County. And then what if somebody wants you to help them with their 
you know, do the Zoom with their students, uh, how did they mm-hmm. get a hold of you? Tell me what they need to do. Um, well, I have a website. It's massbeasttutoring.com. And from there right now, I would say just get my contact information from my website. Um, otherwise, of course, they're they're free to call me or find me on Facebook. I'm at massbeasttutoring on Facebook as well as on Instagram. They also might find some YouTube videos of me a few <laughs> that I've uh, I've posted of different concepts. But yeah, they just have to get a hold of me somehow. I'm usually able to answer my phone or re- respond to emails or texts within a day or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many students do you have in your class? Well, it's due to coronavirus. Uh, but just so, you're in Bluffdale. Are you yellow uh, or low yellow? I think so. I, I, I believe that we are yellow. Yeah, the low um, but, yellow. But as, but as far as that goes, be, um, because I'm by appointment only, uh, I have, or I feel like I have a little bit more leeway. Everything that we use in one session goes kind of in another bin that gets cleaned and sanitized between each student because I, I pretty much have duplicates of everything. Um, and then everything gets recleaned at the end of the day. I've got hand sanitizer and, of course, soap and water. And uh, I'm, I'm making masks optional, though. Um, I have I have a lot of students who are suffer with asthma, and I myself have a hard time breathing wearing a mask. But I make that up to the student. If you would like us to wear masks, then we will. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm not making anybody wear a mask in my classroom. And uh, yeah, they were pretty. Unless it, I know somebody went outside or went somewhere, they put it on. But um, yeah. Yeah, and you start, your hours are from 9 until 5 or 9 until 8? Mm, um, typically, typically I, I schedule my sessions between 10 a.m. and my last session that I schedule, I try not to schedule anybody later than 8 p.m. Um, but I do yeah. have some college students that just, they can't get out of class or they can't get out of work in time. Um, so I do, I do kind of extend my hours a little bit later into the into the evening times to, to accommodate students and their schedules or their work schedules. Cool. And uh, so you do college students. I was wondering about that. Yeah, they kind of, you know, I love the public schools. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. the teacher has forty to forty-five students. It's so hard to get their attention when they're struggling with math. Absolutely. So it's highly recommended to get a tutor, get a tutor, because it pays off in the long run, especially when you take those tests. Yeah. So do, um, do you notice that the parents come in and say, wow, my student is learning so much better? I, I do. I do have some parents that come in and say, you know, my... My my seventh grader used to it used to be just a fight to get her to even tr- attempt to do any of her homework and and now we found out the other day she had math homework that still needed to be done and we told her to do it and she went and did it and that, and and just it, it was completely out of character and they were so surprised and just grateful and I love hearing stuff like that I love hearing that. A student has an assignment, and they have, you know, the ability and the 
the drive and whatever else that they need to just go and do it. Just go get it done. And what about how many times a week do they see you? Um, it depends on the student. The majority, though, of my students um, settle into kind of a once-a-week program. Oh, once-a-week? Huh. Yeah, I, I do have students that request up to twice, up to three times a week. Um, mm-hmm. Usually in the summer, I do have some students that are like, hey, this summer, this is the only kind of school they're doing. Let's bump it up to twice a week in the summer to kind of enrich and get ready and make sure that everything from last year is feeling good. Um, but the majority, they do settle into a once a week. And do, do they get any credits or anything from a tutor or is it no? Um, as of right now, no. The The only cre- the credit that they get is just kind of their own confidence and their ability to move forward. But my students that are enrolled in school, 100%, if they're working with me semi-regularly, 100% of my students will pass their class. Mm-hmm. Do you have more than male or female students? Um, well, I, I actually just counted, and right now I have two more female students than I do male. Um, so it's actually a little bit more even now than it has ever been, but the majority of my time, at least here in Utah, has been... Um, female students are, are what I have mostly. Hmm. Cool. Females probably but probably because I'm because I'm, I'm female. <laughs> and girls are just more comfortable learning from another girl. I feel like. Um, but I get I get plenty of boys. Do you get a lot of boys during the summertime? Yeah, I actually had for a good bit of this past summer. I had only boys. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but boys struggle with math more than girls. Mm. <laughs> I, I, that's how I feel. But anyway, um, yeah, I. so what is your favorite? Um, now, what are people afraid of when they come to math? What are they so afraid of? You know, I was reading a book a while back, and it said that the main source, like the pinpoint of when a student starts to become worrisome or anxious about math is when they start to use fractions. And that is where kind of the main source of this fear of math comes from. And and, and in my own experience, that, that's true. Because you've, you've been working hard, you learned how to add numbers, you learned how to subtract them, how to multiply them, and how to divide them. And now all of a sudden, here comes this new thing where you have one number on top of another and you have, of course, all these new words and, and, you, and you treat this thing a little bit differently than everything else. It's completely new and it's it's messy looking, you know, one number on top of another number. Um, and that is kind of kind of the basis of it. But also I think it's perpetuated by students and even some teachers that look at math problems or, you know, word problems or even more complex-looking problems, and they're, they're calling them scary. They use the word, oh, man, look at that problem. That looks scary. Oof, it hurts my heart when I hear students call math scary. <laughs> and it just it just instills that into even the younger students that aren't, aren't struggling with math 
maybe they have an older sibling or, or an aunt or a cousin that is working on something a little bit more advanced, and they're like, oh, man, that's scary. Look at this thing. This looks really scary. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's probably one of my main missions and goals in life is to make math not so scary or to at least use a different word. Um, so I even try in my own vocabulary to make sure that I'm not using the word scary. Um, I'll use oh, the come word... on. There's a piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll use the, I'll, I'll, I try to use the word like crazy or or intense or messy, um, in 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 places scary. Even sometimes you know ugly. Like that's ugly looking, but that's okay. We're beasts, right? And we can get it done. We'll get in there one little chunk at a time, and then in the end, it's never as messy or crazy as it looked in the beginning. Wow, that's that's awesome. I'm glad that you keep up with the, uh, you know, things that are going on out there with math. I think mm-hmm. it's important because you just never know who's going to walk through your door or call you and say, hey, I have this issue. I got to take care of it. Um, yeah, that's true. Math has been my weakness. I, you know, I just want to make sure I got all my ducks in a row here and mm-hmm. before I take this big test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, with the military, or is their math different or anything? Is it what level would you say their math is? Um, I would say it is kind of in between the ACT, SAT class uh, tests and the GED. So it's a little bit more in, involved, a little bit more advanced than the GED, um, but not quite as involved as the ACT or SAT test. Um, there's actually a specific test. It's called, um, it's an acronym, A-S-V-A-B. Um, my sister took it, actually. She uh, is in the United States Marines right now. She's in Japan. And when she was getting ready to take it, I remember she was sending me picture messages. Can you help me with this math problem? Can you help me with this one? Can you help me with this one? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. What do you do with... Um you come across a student who, you know, yeah, they were struggling, struggling, but then all of a sudden they pick it up, and they're just brilliant. They start writing these numbers out and start. Do you ever have anybody like that? Oh, man. I celebrate those students like it's Christmas. That is the most wonderful thing that ha- can happen to a student, and I make sure that they know what a big deal is happening at this moment because all of a sudden you went from struggling to now you're not struggling at all. As a matter of fact, you might be able to turn around and go teach somebody else this because that's how good you are right now. That is the 100% goal of me whenever I take on a student. Um, of course, it's sad for me because that means they don't need me anymore and I don't get to continue to teach them. Um, but that is the goal. I want my students to become independent in in their studies and to have the confidence that they can move on and take the next level of mathematics and be able to succeed just as well as they are right now as they're working with me. Mm-hmm. You ever have um, a student that's really just struggles, just does not get it, to start throwing a little tantrum in, their, you know, in front of you, like, I don't get this, I don't get this. Yeah, I, I've had I've had students um, break down crying, throw the throw throw their pencils, 
throw erasers. Um, you break the leads off their pencil just because they're not, they're not, they're just not getting it, and they're they're so frustrated. And that's, that's you know that's a frustrating situation. You tried and you tried, and you're just still not understanding. Um, with the, with those students, I let them know this is hard and what what you're trying to do yeah it's hard and you've never done anything like this before um so of course it's, it's going to take a little bit of extra work but i'll tell you what let's forget this for right now and let's play a game mm-hmm. and uh, that you, yeah. that releases the anxiety in them um do you ever take them back like for example they're struggling so they just don't get it but do you ever take them back a little bit and refresh them so that they mm-hmm. can move forward? Yes, I do. I try not to do it in the moment, though, because that tends to only fuel how, how down they're mm-hmm. feeling about themselves. So, for example, if a student is struggling um, with a fraction and they're just not getting it, not getting it, rather than saying, well, let's forget this, let's do something else, let's do this, um, and it's something that they already know how to do, they kind of feel that, like, ugh, well... Clearly, I'm too down to learn this, so she's going to bring me down to this other thing that I already kind of know how to do. Um, I, I don't do that. We, at that mm-hmm. moment, if we've reached the point of ultimate frustration, we stop, we play a game, we work on puzzles together, um, you, you know, like math puzzles, and then on their next session, I'll back up a little bit because by then enough time has gone by, they're feeling a little fresher, and I'll kind of give them what I like to call a running start into what they've been struggling with. That way they have a little bit more momentum behind them and a little bit of fresh fresh in their mind math concepts that they have to kind of push them through. Well, Sabrina, you sound like a great tutor. If I had a little one that was struggling or had issues, or even if I just want them to get refreshed, in math, just go see a tutor, just get things rolling so we know where you are when you go into school, especially summertime. Summertime oh, yeah. would be really good to start taking some classes. And I know it ruins their summer, but not really, right? Because summertime you take them, what, once or twice a week? Uh, no, twice twice a week in the summer, is, that's not hard at all. A lot of my students actually welcome because then, okay, i got something to do today. A lot of, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just having the, I woke up and it's summer and I don't go anywhere and I don't really do anything and now it's bedtime and whole weeks go by like that. Mm-hmm. At least this way it helps them stick onto a schedule and it, and it gives them the satisfaction that they're, they're being productive. They're getting ahead of all their other friends that are just falling behind and growing stagnant with their brains. Mm-hmm. It keeps them fresh. And uh, ready for the next year, and mm-hmm. uh, and you do keep up with what they're teaching in school, right? Like, you know, yeah. It's, it's so, great. so what I like to do in the summer, um, when I work with a student individually, I will take their previous year concepts that I know they did, and we'll make sure that they are just solid, just beast at those kinds of concepts. And then I will, because I've been doing this for so long, and like I, I think I mentioned before, I'm pretty good at taking a guess at what they're going to learn next year. Uh, and we, and I'll start kind of introducing those kinds of concepts to them. That way when they get into school and a concept is introduced 
and their buddies who's sitting behind them is like, what in the world is this? They, in themselves, are feeling, oh, yeah, I did this in the summer. Me and Sabrina worked on this. I got this. Oh, that sounds like fun. And tell mm-hmm. me um, about your students. Like, um, yeah, I noticed that you only had a few, like two. But anyway, um, what is your most opinion? Why, you know, why do students like you? Tell me why do students like you? Mm. Um, because of the games, huh? Uh, prob- mm-hmm. Yeah, probably because of the games. I bet that's why that's what students would tell you. Um, I think it's it's you know I I teach students at their level without making them feel like their level is not the right level or not up to par with with where it should be. Um, I mm-hmm. teach them to their level. I also connect with them as a whole person. You know, if they're yeah. having a, a a day where they're having you know they're not functioning with their brain, they're not being able to do their calculations quick enough, and they're, I'm like, oh, did you eat breakfast today? How much sleep did you get last night, you know? What are the other factors? <laughs> do you ever do where they memorize, like memorize your multiplication, memorize? Yeah, that was <laughs> something that we had to do when we were a kid. Yeah, we, we had to memorize our multiplication table. Uh, I'm a little bit more lax on that I don't make my students memorize. Um, some of my students are memorizers. And if you're a memorizer, you memorize everything that you possibly can because that does make your life a little bit easier. If you're not a memorizer, then what I do is I teach different kind of tools and tricks to be able to recall answers, you know, as we're speaking about multiplication tables. I'll teach them tricks to help them be able to recall answers almost as quickly as the memorizer is trying to remember. Um, And then there's things like songs. A lot of people will memorize their multiplication tables at different songs. Um, I myself remember at eight years old being sat in front of a a VCR video (laughs) of like, it was like an exercise video for kids, but the music was them counting by different numbers. It's totally corny and embarrassing, but I mean, it helped. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So, you know, I, I was very blessed. I didn't have any problems. I watched my brother and mother my sister came out. She had some issues, but I didn't, never had issues with the math. Oh, and there's another one that I noticed that some of my friends had problems with. is the reading math, where math is in a sentence or a paragraph. I should say a paragraph. Ah. You remember those? Yeah, I... How many I, potatoes does it take a sausage to take to the... <laughs> take yeah. to the car? And how many does sausage buy? And how many pounds? Blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, you ever those, do story, any of those? those story problems. I do. I actually worked on a kind of a six or seven step formula that I give to my students to follow when solving word problems. Um of course, the first step is read the problem. And the second step is, do you understand it? Yes. Okay, let's move forward. If not, let's read it again and make sure that we are really fully grasping what's going on. And then I like to go through, and I love using different color pens or different color markers, and we'll underline things in different colors, and we'll piece together 
all of the components of the story problem to be able to build it into the equation that we're then going to solve. Um, and I will do certain drills where I'll give students a phrase in English and I'll have them translate into, you know, quote unquote algebra, um, which is which is then their equation that they know how to solve. And the majority of students, that's where the struggle is, translating from the English words into the equation, the math problem that they need to solve. And usually, once they get the equation, they're they're waving me away. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, I got it. I know, I know. And that and that's great. And it's just that translation. That's where the that's where the challenge lies. Well, Sabrina, getting flagged down here. I just like to thank you so much for coming on. Give my listeners your website phone number, anything that you want them to have to get in touch with you. Of course. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, Kathy, this has been great. So fun. Um, students can find me. I serve students in Salt Lake County, Tooele County, and Utah County in Utah. That's my driving distance. Um, my office is in Bluffdale, or my classroom is in Bluffdale, Utah. Otherwise, they can find me on my website, mathbeasttutoring.com, and they can text my phone as well. My phone number is 385-515-8600. And, of course, and I'm mathbeasttutoring on social media. And then also, too, um, do you teach, uh, like, Zoom so that somebody in California or Idaho or New Jersey... Yes. Absolutely. I to um, touch with you. I, I have a student in Kansas who's going to Central Christian College working on her graduate degree. And I have a student who's going to Cal State San Marcos in San Diego, California as well. And we meet, uh, we meet virtually. Uh, best way to do that is contact me, send me a text, and we'll, we'll, set, a t- we'll set apart a time for us to meet virtually. Either usually I use either Zoom or, or Google Meet actually works really well for me as well. Wonderful. Well thank you so much for coming on my show and Supreme, you have a nice evening. Absolutely. You as well. Thank you. You're welcome. I'd like to thank my sponsors, uh, Primetime Media as well for sponsoring my commercials and I'd like to thank BBS for radio for having me on their and for all, and thank you for listening in and everyone have a great evening Head and Home Horse Rescue Foundation we are a 501c3 nonprofit that rescues both wild and domestic horses and other equine that are either unwanted neglected abused or their humans move Head and Home helps rehabilitate them to be used in equine therapy to help those in need we could use your support You can contact us at 801-910-2698. Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family-owned business based out of Utah. We specialize in replacing worn or storm-damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy-efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-567. One, two, three, four. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. 
Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn in Lehigh, Utah, where you'll find an open, inviting atmosphere from your first hello to the next. Our goal is to make your stay better and brighter. We are as excited as you to welcome back travel, even if it looks a little different these days. That's why we've partnered with the makers of Lysol to help deliver an even cleaner stay for our guests with the creation of the Hilton Clean Stay Program. Our promise to you is to deliver the same level of reliable and friendly service you'd expect with leading hygiene practices to keep you safe. Come stay with us at the Hilton Garden Inn in Lehigh, Utah. See you soon.